Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned, some the hard way, by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Elbow Up Baseball Podcast. This is episode number two. Today, I want to tell you why the name Elbow Up. Why do I do this podcast? Why do I write the newsletter? What was the catalyst? What was the background that really got me interested in this? And that what has now turned into spreading a message that hopefully will allow both you and your child to get the most out of their youth baseball experience. So a couple things. One, when I first started this about a year ago, I wrote a, a newsletter piece titled Gut Check, What's Your Baseball Goal? And that was really focused on getting coaches and parents to look inward and look past the wins and past the trophies and past the competitiveness, the short-term gains, and really figure out why are we doing this? Why do I bring my kid to the field every day? Why do I spend the time that I spend? Why do I spend the money that I spend? Uh, why, as a family, do we spend two, three, four, five nights a week on the ball field? And a lot of people are driven by that competitiveness, that desire to win and be the best. And I think that's good in a lot of areas. But if you just take a minute and, and pause and think about, how that sounds when you're talking about coach pitch baseball or when you're talking about even nine and 10 year old player pitch baseball, it really sounds kind of crazy. And before anybody gets offended, that was me. So I was in my early twenties coaching a four or five, six year old team and, and we were learning the game. And then we got into some more quote competitive baseball with all stars in like seven and eight year olds and all of a sudden now we've got a really good team. We've got a lot of good athletes and we want to win, win, win. And I found myself getting on to my own son or the other players for making an error. Uh, it wasn't just me. Like it was our coaching staff. Um, and it's not just us. It, it was like everybody, you know, and it, it's at the time you get caught up in the winning and you get caught up in, in kind of the, the moment. But now that I'm going through this my second time with my other son, I'm like, what in the world what were we thinking? Um, I think it's important to note that a lot of kids who are really, really good when they're, when they're young, um, two things about that. One, they don't always stay good, right? A lot of times the, either everybody else catches up or they wash out and they, and they get tired of it uh, and they don't play anymore at some point. The other thing is that m there's two things that drive – uh, young, young kids being good. One is they just developed early. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster before their peers. The other thing though, is really a direct reflection of, of time that they spend working on it. Anything you do a lot when you're young, um, you're going to be better at it. So over the years, the best kids that I've seen for the most part, um, yeah, they've got some natural ability, but they throw every day with their dad. They hit every day with their mom or dad, whatever. Um, there's not a lot of correlation between guys that are really good at seven and guys that are really good at 17. There's, there's just not. And I know there's probably some scientific studies out there, uh, but we, we're not going to go into that today. What I really want to talk about, though, is, is the experience that I had that drove me to, to write and record this. And it was about a year, year and a half ago. My son was seven, almost eight. And we, he's above average for his age. 
pretty good ball player and athlete. And he was going through, I guess, a slump, if you will, at the plate. And <clears throat> he wasn't just hitting the ball well and, and, and getting out. He wasn't hitting the ball hard. Uh, didn't look like he was seeing the ball. He, he, his swing looked funky. Um, he, he just – and it, it was not two or three games. I mean, it was two or three tournaments. And so we would come home and we would work on it and we would work on it and we would work on it. And he's good enough to know when he's struggling. And he's good enough that when we would go through the drills, he looked good doing it. Um, he was like a, a batting tee hero. Um, he just looked like an all-world all uh, hitter on the tee. We got in the game, and again, this is coach pitch. It just like the wheels fell off. He forgot everything we did. And so as a parent, you know, obviously I'm getting frustrated. And it's important to note, I, I, I wasn't as overbearing as I was with my first child or my older son. Um, but I was getting frustrated. I knew he could do better. And um, w- before one tournament, I asked him, I said, hey, would you like to get there early to hit? Normally his answer is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll go to the cage or whatever before the game. And he just kind of looked at me and he, he said, well, and he paused and he said, yeah, but only if you're not going to get on to me if I don't do well. And I could just see it like in his eyes. I could see it just on his face. The joy of going to the field early with me to hit was not there. And that was my gut check moment where I said, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Like this kid is seven. Um, and, and I say that not so that you think I'm some like overbearing dad and coach, Um, I can tell you after being around hundreds and thousands of kids, there are way more dads and coaches like what I was than not. That's just a fact. Um, Unless your corner of the the United States is different than mine, um, there are a ton of of that type of coach and parent out there. Probably many of you listening to this now. And, And I'm not judging because that was me. But that's really what drove me to do this. And I, I, I had to kind of do this exercise and look inward in myself to say, what am I doing out here? What are my goals? What am I trying to get out of this? Because really anything in life, what you do, the actions you take should be towards or to achieve your goals. And so I think it's fine to have goals to play in college and it's fine to have goals to be a, a major league baseball player. But that's, that's not realistic when you're six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, it, it's, in, it's fun to, 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 to aspire to have dreams and things like that. I think it's great. But at the end of the day, 99% or so, and we'll talk about this in future episodes, of your kids that are in those young ages between like 6 and 12 are never going to play past high school. They're just not. And so what are we trying to get out of this time that we're spending on the ball field? And after – spending a lot of time reflecting, I came up with three things and every single thing that I do now with my kid who actually just turned nine, um, has to revolve around these three things. So number one is have fun guys. This is a game. And I can tell you, you're never going to get better. The child is never going to want to work if they're not having fun. They're not even going to want to go. They're going to want to play Xbox. They're going to play PlayStation. They're going to want to go hang out with their friends. They're going to want to go play on the playground. They're going to want to do something different if they're not having fun. That, that's it. At any point, if they quit having fun, then something is not right. The second thing is getting better. Um, again, you're not going to get better if you're not having fun. But getting better requires work. 
Um, it doesn't mean that you've got to be the best. And I would caution you to quit comparing your six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old against their peers. Now, I, I know that it's going to happen when they're picking teams or when you're deciding where to play, uh, when the coach is trying to figure out who's going to pitch today. Yeah, we're looking at, at who might be better, but that's, that's like a moment in time. And if you think about the long term here, um, who's better at seven isn't always going to be better at nine or 12. Matter of fact, we're seeing that a little bit today um, as we make the transition from that eight U coach pitch into nine U player pitch. Um, it's not that the kids that are really good aren't any good anymore, but the factors that determine success have changed. And so, for example, bad habits when you're in coach pitch can sometimes be overcome by athleticism and strength and size and speed. And sometimes guys who aren't as athletic or aren't as strong or big early but have good fundamentals tend to be more successful when they get to what I call real baseball, right? Because they don't have those same bad habits. So... Focus on comparing your child with themselves. How are they getting better? It's incremental change that you're after. If you think that you're going to take a, a, a 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old who has several fundamental flaws in their swing or their delivery on the mound or how they feel the ground ball, and you're going to be able to fix that in one or two practices, then it, it's not going to happen. It's just not. Now, you got to work on it over and over and over. And so it's super hard to do that, though, if they're not having fun, right? So you see how these two go together? The other thing I would say related to getting better is focus on getting better at something every single time you're on the field, even if it's something very small. And then you need to praise the effort and the process and not the outcome. I think so often baseball, baseball is very humbling, but you can do everything right and have a bad result. You, you can have a really good at bat hit the ball perfectly with a perfect swing with perfect timing and get out. You see it all the time. And so kids who have been praised over and over because of the result tend to struggle with that transition into real baseball, because instead of hitting 800 or 850, they're hitting 300, which is hall of fame numbers, Right. But they're not used to that because we're always praising the outcome and the result. We need to focus on praising the process because the process is going to be what gets us to where we ultimately want to be when we're 17, 18, 19, right? So that might be a quick change you can make. Focus on the process and the effort, not the outcome. And the last thing I would say is learn life lessons. That's the third thing. So we, we, we're having fun, we're getting better, and then we're going to learn life lessons. So I mentioned this a second ago, and I, and I pulled up the stats here. Um, this is a few years ago, but out of almost a half a million high school baseball players, only 7% of those will play in college. And then from the 7% of that, there are only about 1,200 players drafted annually in the Major League Baseball draft. And then of those, many never even sign, and most never even make it to the big leagues. I told you my brother was a first-round draft pick, got a lot of money. Played seven, eight years in, in the minor leagues, had some success, but he never made it to the big leagues. 
But if you if you look at the numbers there, the chances, the statistical probability of your child playing at that next le- level are very small. So what are we getting out of this? And, and in my opinion, we're learning life lessons. We're learning how to win. We're learning how to lose. We're learning how to be good teammates. We're learning about work ethic and respect and humility. All those things you need to be successful in life. And if they learn that now, while they may not be playing baseball in college, they'll be in class. And while they may not be playing baseball in college, they probably are going to have a part-time or even a full-time job. And then when they graduate college, they're going to need to go to work. So when baseball comes to an end for most kids, those are the characteristics that hiring managers are looking for in the workplace. It's not about how many games you won and how many trophies you had when you were in Little League. It's just not. My, you know, my parents have an attic full. We have a, a, an attic full. And, you know, nowadays it's the rings instead of the trophies. But whatever it is, like those are fun to get. And I'm not saying it, that it's bad to want to win. I want to win every single time I step on the field. And I want everybody on my team to have that same mentality. But they have to understand how to handle it if they don't. Right? Because at the end of the day, there is much more to life than baseball. So that's not what a lot of people want to hear, right? A lot of you and me included at a, at a point in my life, it was win, win, win. I'm going to be mad. Oh my gosh, my kid made an error. Are you kidding me? How many kids make an error on purpose? Have you ever thought about that? Next time you yell at a kid, ask yourself, did he make that error on purpose? Because not only are you yelling at him, not only was I yelling at him, I'll keep saying that because I'm, I'm certainly not holier than thou here. I've just learned the hard way. But not only is the coach on to him, but 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 people around the stands just saw him make an error that cost his team a run or an out or the game. And again, if we work on praising the process and the effort and not the outcome, we ultimately will see better outcomes. So, the the takeaway from today is not to get caught up in the now, right? So I want you to understand where this elbow up is coming from. Um, and, and that's really what it is. Let's not get caught up in the now. Let's not lose sight of the long-term goals that we have for our children. So we want to have fun. We want to get better. And we want to figure out what life lessons we're going to teach them. Don't worry about your child getting left behind. If they have fun, they're going to get better. And either way, they're going to learn life lessons, right? So moving forward, I would say most of the episodes won't be this heavy. I feel like this was a little bit more heavy, but I feel like it's critical to really understand the fundamentals here. If you don't like the message and you just totally disagree and you want to unsubscribe or leave me a comment telling me so, I think that's fine. But I can tell you that it's just not going to end well for your child unless they are a freak of nature can throw 97 miles an hour, um, can hit 500-foot home runs, it's not going to work out because by the time they even get to high school, they're not even going to be having fun anymore. And when they're not having fun, they're not going to get better. And if they don't get better, it's going to be very difficult for them to compete. So like I said before, thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it. Please forward this to anybody you know. Go to getelbowup.com. That's getelbowup.com to subscribe. If you haven't, you can also go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Uh, would love to hear your feedback. 
Uh, the easiest way to do that is when you go to getelbowup.com and you subscribe, you will see every podcast episode and article that I've written. And you can hit the, the like button. You can hit the comment. That's the best way to leave a comment on this. Um, moving forward, we'll have an email address and, and a way to send questions in. For now, though, just wanted to get a, a new episode up. Hope you guys liked it and look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks again.